This is Tina Douglas, and you're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast with your host, my husband, Liam Douglas. Enjoy! Greetings, everybody. You're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Douglas, and this is episode 219. So for this week's episode, I wanted to talk about something I haven't touched on on the show before, and that's exposure compensation and how it can help your photography. So what exactly is exposure compensation? Well, exposure compensation gives you the ability to nudge the camera's judgment for a shot and make it a little brighter or darker than the camera would normally do on its own. A lot of people think that in order to have more control over your exposure, you have to use manual mode only with all of its complexities. But that's not necessarily true. In this episode, I'll explain how you can do this without only using manual mode and get the images you envisioned instead of what the camera thinks is best. So I'm going to walk you through the process and answer the most common, commonly asked questions on this topic and how to use exposure compensation to get better images. This will also make it easier to understand why there are a number of pro photographers out there that use exposure compensation instead of full manual mode to get exactly what they want in a quicker and easier fashion. So first of all, what exactly is exposure compensation? Now, as I mentioned earlier, it is a way to tweak the exposure that your camera already thinks is perfect. Now remember, I've told you before not to rely on auto mode as the camera is not smart enough to make all the decisions for your images and make them accurately. There are things that will throw your camera off, such as having white objects in the scene. A bright white object can throw off your camera as it cannot properly compensate for it and parts of your image will be too dark when you don't want them to be. When you shoot using program, aperture priority, or shutter priority modes, your camera's CPU and software try to make smart decisions about how to adjust the settings to get, quote, the perfect exposure. When it does this, the process is what's known as metering. Now in program mode, the metering looks at the various amount of light hitting the sensor and it tries to figure out what aperture value and shutter speed as well as ISO will give you what it thinks is the correct amount in order to average out the brightness to get a shade of gray. Now this area is often called the middle gray or 18% gray, if you've heard photographers talk about that before. This 18% gray area is what is used by all camera makers 
as the basis of what makes a good exposure. And the camera tries to get as close as possible to what you see with your eyes. Now the metering, of course, is not perfect. And something such as strong backlighting when shooting portraits with the sun setting behind your subject make your photograph come out too dark. As a result, your backlit portrait might come out looking like a silhouette instead of a proper portrait. In this situation, exposure compensation can be a very useful tool to make the shot turn out as, correctly expo as a correctly exposed portrait. Now, with exposure compensation, you can tell the camera to meter the scene based on a shade of gray that is either lighter or darker than what the camera would ordinarily use. When you increase exposure compensation, such as by plus one or plus two, your images will come out brighter, which will lift your shadows. And if you decrease by one or two, your images will come out darker, which will protect your highlights. So now you're probably wondering which camera mode works with exposure compensation. Now exposure compensation can be used in virtually every mode, but it will vary in its behavior depending on the mode used to a certain degree. The easiest way to explain this is by understanding aperture priority mode, which I talked about in episode 191, and shutter priority mode from episode 193. And we want to pretend that the amount of light is not changing. Now, this is a hypothetical situation, so keep that in mind. So in aperture priority mode, remember that when you shoot in this particular mode, you select the aperture and the camera works out the shutter speed based on how bright the scene is. When you increase exposure compensation by plus one, it will make your image brighter because the camera will have the shutter speed to make the scene brighter. So let's say you chose an aperture of f4 and the ISO is set to 100 and the camera determines that the shutter speed for a proper exposure needs to be 1 500th of a second. If you adjust your exposure compensation to plus one, the camera will set the shutter speed to 1 250th of a second instead, which will in turn double the amount of light hitting your camera sensor. Now on the inverse, if you set your exposure compensation to minus one, then the camera will set the shutter speed to 1 1000th of a second and cut the amount of light by half that's getting to the sensor. All right, so hopefully it's making a little more sense. <laughs> okay, for shutter priority mode, when you're using this mode, you set your shutter speed and the metering system sets the aperture for you based on the brightness of the scene. So now, let's say you set your exposure compensation to plus one to make your total image brighter, and this time, the camera will double the size of the aperture to let in twice as much light. So your aperture, let's say you're at f4, would change to f2.8 if the lens can shoot that wide. If you then set exposure compensation to minus one, 
Then the camera will change the aperture from f4 to f5.6. So hopefully this is giving you a little bit better of an understanding. And I'll have some example images in the show notes for you to look at. Now, what about auto ISO? Remember, most all modern cameras are capable of auto ISO. So the metering system will set the ISO regardless of the shooting mode that you select. Now, by default, cameras try to keep the ISO as low as possible, such as ISO 100. And many, like the Canon cameras, even have what's called expanded ISO. It's a setting in the menu, which will allow you to go as low as ISO 50, which I personally like to use. Now, using a low ISO will prevent you from introducing what's called noise into your images or basically that grainy, gritty look. Because cameras use their lowest ISO by design, when you set your exposure compensation, it will force the camera to change the shutter and the aperture and leave the ISO or ISO at its lowest setting. So keep that in mind. Now let's talk a minute about program mode. So how does exposure compensation work in program mode? Well, it depends on the camera, to be honest. So you might find that it always changes your exposure or it does nothing at all. On some cameras, exposure compensation will only function in program mode if you turn off your automatic ISO. So be wary of that. And it varies from manufacturer to manufacturer. Now, as far as manual mode is concerned, when you use manual mode, you are setting all of the variables for your exposure, the ISO, the shutter speed, and the aperture. Since the camera is not making any decisions at all, exposure compensation won't do anything. But there is one exception when shooting in manual mode. And that is if you set the camera to auto ISO, because then you're giving the camera the chance to do some of the work. So once again, if you use auto ISO and set the exposure compensation to plus one, the camera will double the auto ISO value to create a brighter exposure. And if you set it to minus one, then the camera will have the, the auto ISO to make the scene overall darker. Now, how is exposure compensation calculated? Well, it's measured or calculated in values referred to as stops. And I'm sure you've heard this before. They are normally divided into one-third increments. So when we look at exposure compensation, think of it this way. Perfect metering, as far as your camera thinks, is normal or at level zero. And most all cameras will then allow you to adjust in one-third stops to a maximum of three stops total for your exposure compensation. So plus or minus three. So keep that in mind as well. And I'm going to take a short break right here, and I'll be right back. 
we hope you're enjoying this edition of the Liam Photography Podcast. The best way to support the show is to subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else that you get your podcasts. If you want to leave comments or suggestions for future episodes, you can call or text the show at area code 470-294-8191. And you can email the show at liam at liamphotographypodcast.com. You can find the show notes and links at liamphotographypodcast.com. And you can tweet the show at liamphotoatl using the hashtag liamphotopodcast. And now, back to the show. All right, and we're back. So the next question is, when should you use exposure compensation? Well, basically, anytime your camera's metering is not giving you a good decision on what a normal exposure is. Now, keep in mind that the correct exposure is subjective. It can vary from person to person depending on their taste and style of shooting. So a great example is if you've ever tried to shoot a snowy scene in the wintertime. If so, then you probably already know that the camera, as smart as it is, will get the exposure wrong because of the brightness of the snow. And it will adjust the exposure incorrectly, and your final image comes out dull. Now, the camera will try to average out all that snow, which is very bright, using its 18% gray scale. And the result is bad images. So if you're heading out to shoot in the snow, set that exposure compensation to plus one to take that into consideration. Another example is if you've ever tried shooting a portrait of someone with a white background. When the camera sees how bright the white background is and tries to balance the exposure, you end up with a dark and dull portrait. By bumping the exposure compensation up plus one, your shot will look much better. If you don't believe me, go ahead and do it both ways. Try a shot in that kind of situation with the camera making the decisions and then take the exact same shot again after you adjust your exposure compensation by plus one. So our cameras also struggle with strong backlighting, such as the sun setting behind your subject. And in turn, you may find that you captured a beautiful sky, but the person in the shot is too dark or maybe even turned out as a silhouette. Now, if you're going for the silhouette look, that's fine. Some people like to do those kind of portraits. But if you're trying to do a good portrait for the customer, adjusting your exposure compensation will help get the person's skin to become more normal in the final image. It'll brighten them up. Now, similarly, you may find yourself shooting in a forest where the camera thinks that the trees are what need to be nicely exposed. But this also means that the sun coming in through the trees, which is very bright, and the sky will be blown out with no detail at all. Now, in this case, if you adjust your exposure compensation down to make the sky better, you'll know that it'll make the trees darker, but you can adjust them in post-processing later. So a handy way to keep track of all of this, because I know it sounds like a lot of information, the easiest way to, to handle and deal with all of this and track your progress is to know your histogram. When you use exposure compensation, you really need to know 
your camera's histogram, that little graph that you can turn on. Remember the scene you see on the rear LCD can be misleading. So you need to know how to read your histogram. Because if you're shooting at night, remember that your LCD will make everything look brighter than it actually is. And if this happens, then you might get home and find the images are way darker than you thought they were when you shot them. Your histogram is much more consistent. And when you understand how to use it, you'll end up with much better results than just relying on the rear LCD. Just a quick glance at the histogram and you will know if you need exposure compensation and whether you need to adjust up or down. Because when it comes to your histogram, remember that the blacks and the shadows are on the left end of the graph. The midtones are in the center and the whites and highlights appear on the right side. So if your image is underexposed, everything will be stacked up on the left side of your histogram. Everything that is too far to the left and is no longer on the graph is information that you've lost in the image. And that cannot be recovered in post-processing. But if you use your exposure compensation and adjust plus one, you can brighten things up before you ever press the shutter. Now, in a similar fashion, if everything is stacked up on the right side of the graph, then you're overexposed and you have lost information in the whites and highlights. And if your shot is overexposed, you can reduce it using exposure compensation, set it to minus one to start, to darken the scene before you press the shutter. Knowing how much flexibility your camera has comes with shooting and using your exposure compensation. By doing this, you will quickly learn how much, when editing, you can lift from your shadows or recover from your highlights. In turn, the information you gain will give you a better idea when you are out shooting again on when to use your exposure compensation. So how do you change the exposure compensation settings? Well, whether you shoot Canon, Nikon, Fujifilm, Sony, or most of the other major brands, these cameras all tend to have an exposure compensation dial. Not, and now, not every model will, so I don't want you to think this is gospel, but most of them will have a dial, which is a design choice that carried over from the film camera days, especially on the more expensive camera models. These dials are easy to use, but you can then forget to change the dial back when you're done shooting and before you shoot the next time. So keep that in mind. On the cheaper models of these same maker's cameras, you'll usually have a button with a plus-minus symbol on it on the back of the camera. And then you have to press that button as well as turn a dial to adjust your exposure compensation. Now, you will see a scale in your viewfinder on a mirrorless or on the rear or top LCD, if your camera has one, on a DSLR you will also see that the scale runs from minus three to plus three. You will also see a small dot or ticker mark, which will indicate which level you are at 
in under or overexposing with the exposure compensation. When you do use exposure compensation while out shooting, remember when you are done to set the exposure compensation value back to zero for the next time you go out shooting because next time you might need to adjust it in a different direction. So, my final thoughts on this. Exposure compensation is a quick and easy way to take over, take control over your exposure when you're out shooting. You may believe that every professional photographer uses manual mode all the time and then adjusts all the settings using muscle memory. But in reality, many of them use exposure compensation with one of the other modes I talked about earlier, program, aperture priority, or shutter priority to get their exposure right in camera when they feel that the camera is making bad decisions. So learning how and when to use your exposure compensation will again help you lift your shadows and protect your highlights during those times when your camera's abilities are just not getting things right. Now, once you wrap your head around metering and reading your histogram, you'll, finding that, you'll find that using exposure compensation becomes second nature, and you'll begin to wonder how you ever shot without it. Remember to check out the Liam Photography Podcast Facebook group. It is a private group, and you must answer a security question to join, which is the name of the host of the show, myself, Liam. And I've also opened it up to allow you to give the name of a previous guest on the show to show that you are a listener. Once you are in the group, you are free to post your own original work. I'm also the admin of the Fujifilm GFX 50R group, which is the largest group for the 50R on Facebook. If you own or plan to own the 50R, you can request to join that group, but you do have to answer two security questions to join that group. You can find my work at liamphotography.net and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at liamphotoatl. If you like abandoned buildings and history, you can find my projects at forgottenpiecesofgeorgia.com and forgottenpiecesofpennsylvania.com. All right, that's going to wrap episode 219 of the Liam Photography Podcast. I want to thank all of my listeners once again for subscribing, rating, and reviewing in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you might be getting your podcasts. I also wanted to remind you to please stop by the Liam Photography YouTube channel, subscribe to the channel, watch the videos, like them, comment on them, share them out on social media, and hit the little bell icon so you can be notified when new videos release. And I will see you all again on Sunday for the latest news and rumors. <laughs>